Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast available on your favorite podcast app when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance and part two of his teaching in Revelation 14, The Harvest. Are you singing the same old song? Are you stuck in the same old rut? Look, sometimes it's, it's nice to reminisce. Some old songs that I listen to, you know, from the good decades, like the 80s, for example. Can I get a witness? I can't believe the 80s are considered oldies now. I'm like, no, that hasn't really happened to me, has it? And it's funny how things come full circle because a lot of the young people now like music from the 70s and 80s. Huh? It was real music back then. Anyway. (laughs) But sometimes a song will take me back to a time in my life and it could be very positive or not so good at all. And uh, anyway, I waited patiently for the Lord, David wrote in Psalm 40, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. Psalm 144, 7 through 10 says, Stretch forth your hand on high. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters, out of the hand of aliens, whose mouths speak deceit, whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song to thee, O God. Upon a harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to thee, who does give salvation to kings, who does rescue David, his servant, from the evil sword. Psalm 144, 7 through 10. Jesus gives me songs in the night. Um, I've learned that what I put into my head does really matter. Have you ever uh, gone back and listened to a song that you liked maybe back in the day, maybe in your BC days, and then you actually listen to the lyrics of that song, and you're like, ooh, wow. And something you used to rock out to in your car, now your children are in the back seat, and you say, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> See no evil. Speak of no evil. I hear no evil. <laughs> right? Wow. What has captured your heart? Years ago, Hillsong sang a song in the morning and in the evening, I can't stop praising your name. Nothing comes close to praise. Nothing. You know, sometimes I'll have something spiritual on the radio, like a sermon, and I'll do the old channel surfing thing because I'm a guy. So I wonder what's on over here. And... 90% of the time, it's just some talking head speaking nonsense. And I'm like, why did I even change the channel? If you've changed the channel lately in your life, may I encourage you to get back to the things of God? These, the 144,000, verse 4, are the ones who have not been defiled with women. Uh, By the way, I think that this is more symbolic of purity because... Uh, Marriage is blessed by God, for they have kept themselves chaste. The idea is 
of being a virgin, but here it's, it's symbolic of spiritual chastity. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These have been purchased from among men as first fruits to God and to the lamb. There's some of our uh, preterist friends believe that this is evidence that we're dealing with Jerusalem in the first century because they believe that the first fruits are the early church, which was Jewish. But the first fruits um, could be here a group of Jewish people who have their eyes opened in the last days. Uh, if you're interested about this first fruits imagery, you could take a look at James 1, verse 1, which is written to the 12 tribes that are dispersed abroad. And then James 1.18 says these words. In the exercise of his will, God's will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we might be, as it were, the first fruits among his creatures. It's possible that this 144,000 is the first fruits of other Jewish people who will be saved during this time. And uh, they've been purchased from among men. They are first fruits. And that imagery is guaranteeing the rest of the harvest. It's harvest imagery to God and to the Lamb. One final thing that you'll see about this description of this group, there's no lie, literally no guile. Jesus said of Nathaniel, here is a uh, individual in whom there is no guile. Uh, no guile or no lie was found in their mouth, and they are blameless. By the way, in the Bible, blameless does not mean perfect. It means you are a person who's consistently trying to live out your faith. For example, in the New Testament, it says an elder is to be blameless. It means that there's no open accusation that can stick against him where he is out there living a contradictory lifestyle to who he claims to be. And so now we're going to move in verses 6 through 13 to a second group. And this probably would land itself, I believe, during the second three and a half years, uh, taking us right up to the day of the Lord. And here's what we've got. So we're moving into verse 6. I saw another angel. The word for angel is angelos could be translated a messenger, flying in mid-heaven. If you have an NIV, it says mid-air. ESV says directly overhead. Um, the mid-heaven is the point in the sky where the sun reaches its apex. Having an eternal gospel or the eternal gospel, New King James, to preach to those who live on the earth, to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. The gospel, verse 6, is for everyone. It is not limited in scope. It is not limited in geography. The gospel is for every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people. That's why the church does missions work, by the way. We don't believe that a person who's somewhere out there who is in some other religion is okay before God. They may be ignorant of the gospel, but that's why we need to get the good news of the gospel to them. I was in India and Nepal, Nepal in 2001. I met two men who have become pastors who both told me that they were in the, uh, either it was either Hindu or Buddhist temple and felt that they became possessed by multiple demons as they burned incense in the temple. And uh, they both gave witness to their transformation and being born again to Jesus Christ, but said one of them was describing being choked at night by some unseen presence. So they weren't okay in their religion. You know, we sometimes think, oh, why do we mess with people? Why do we, why do we go over there and try to change things? Because we want people to hear the everlasting gospel. 
It's for everyone. And the gospel is to be preached to all the nations. Imagine the world maybe at this time saying, if God would just open up the heavens and maybe an angel would fly around and tell us that the gospel is true, then we'd believe. Uh, I don't think so. How literally do we take this? Is this literally an angel flying in mid-heaven? Well, angels are going to be very involved in the last days. Jesus talks a lot about angels when he's describing the last days. The book of Revelation is mentioning many angels. Here's the message. He said with a loud voice, verse 7, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment, that is the day of the Lord, has come, you could translate this, is at hand, and worship him who made the heaven and the earth and sea and springs of water. When this angel preaches the gospel, it's interesting, you don't hear him talk about the death on the cross, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the burial, the resurrection. What he does is he warns the world to fear God because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, right? So when we have a healthy fear of the Lord, we will run to the foot of the cross. When we understand how holy God is and how we've broken his law, we'll understand our need for the gospel. And this angel's message is, fear God, give him glory, because the time of judgment has come and God is the creator of all things, and he's going to judge the world. Fearing God, giving him glory are important things and it's, these are the things that humans don't want to do largely. They don't want to fear God, and they don't want to give him glory. John MacArthur comments, Refusing to give God glory is at the core of man's prideful rebellion, close quote. They refused to glorify him, Romans 1. And they exalted other things, animals and four-footed creatures, and they would not give God thanks or give him glory. This has been the story of man in his rebellion. All men, all women know there's a God. It's been written on the stars. It's written in the heavens, and it's written in our hearts. We already know there's a God. We have to suppress the truth in our unrighteousness. We just don't want to hear it. But the truth of the matter is we already know. And another angel, a second one, followed saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. I don't think that this is ancient Babylon. I think Babylon becomes a symbol of the, the rebellious world and idolatry. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all the nations drink of the wine of the passion of her immorality. The word immorality there is pornea. I shared with the church on Sunday, I had listened to Ravi Zacharias Sunday morning, and he said he spoke in a multiple site venue where he was addressing college students uh, I believe, if I recall correctly, many of them were not Christians, but they're in the university or state college. And he addressed about 50,000 young people all at one time with multiple sites. And they got feedback. They got questionnaires and feedback from the students. And the two top things that the students were asking were these. One, does life have any meaning? And two, how do I overcome a pornography addiction? 50,000 university students after hearing probably one of the greatest apologists of our times. You know how they responded? Does life really matter? Does it have any meaning? And I'm addicted to pornography and I don't know how to overcome it. That'll tell you a little bit about where we're at. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from Scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. Again, that's "step closer" as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called "A Step Closer," and you can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast. Available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. They got questionnaires and feedback from the students. And the two top things that the students were asking were these. One, does life have any meaning? And two, how do I overcome a pornography addiction? 50,000 university students after hearing probably one of the greatest apologists of our times, you know how they responded? Does life really matter? Does it have any meaning? And I'm addicted to pornography and I don't know how to overcome it. That'll tell you a little bit about where we're at. Now, the wine of her immorality, the Babylonian system, is an anti-God system and one day that system will fall. One day it's going to be in rubble. But sin and deception can look good. It comes in sparkling packages, and we all know how it works. Somebody once said, why is it that opportunity knocks only once and temptation bangs at the door constantly? (laughs) Doesn't it seem that way? Sin is always seemingly crouching at the door, just waiting to jump or enter in if we just leave the door open a little bit of a crack. Babylon is about spiritual defection. It is an anti-God system. It is kumbaya. We are the world. All religions lead the same direction, don't they? No, they don't. Jesus said, I am the way to God. You can't have, folks, please hear me well. You can't have two religious systems with contradictory truth claims both be true. You can't have a religion teach that you live millions of times. Scientology, here's an example. You've probably lived billions of lives before, and you're just going to keep living and living over again. These are forms of Eastern religion as well. And the Bible saying you live once, and after this comes the judgment. Those are two contradictory religious truth claims. They both cannot be true. The Bible says you live once and then comes judgment. But Eastern religions say you live over and over and over again. I was in the sauna at the gym one day. And I met a man who was, uh, I think he was a Hindu. And we began to talk about faith. And I asked him what he thought about Jesus and so forth. And he said he believed that he had lived millions of lives and he'll live some more. And I said, what do you think you're going to come back next time? What do you think you're going to be? And he goes, maybe I'll be a flower. I said, how do, you, how do you produce good karma as a flower? 
Do you just have to open really wide? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but... By the way, karma is not a Christian concept. Just so you know. <laughs> Sowing and reaping is a Christian concept. Karma is a New Age Eastern concept. Now, another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, if, anybody, if anyone worships the beast, verse 9, and his image and receives a mark on his forehead or upon his hand, he, that person who receives the mark, will also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of of the holy angels, and in the presence of the Lamb. Anyone who takes the mark will drink, here's the language, the cup of God's wrath mixed, unmixed. That is, it will be the full dose of the wrath of God. Oh, here we go. Another preacher talking about the wrath of God. The wrath of God. Remember uh, Indiana Jones when they show him a picture of the ark and the two you know FBI agents what is that fire lightning the path the 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 power of god the wrath of god oh come on come on and then remember didn't any of you go to sunday school well, 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 well. <laughs> the bible teaches that salvation think about it we ask we we as christians we say we're saved from what the wrath of God. And Jesus Christ drank a cup. He said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup, what? Pass from me. I don't want to drink it. But not my will. Yours be done. You know what that cup was? It was the cup of God's wrath. It's pictured in the Bible as a cup that he drank. He drank it. He drank the dregs, if you will. He took the wrath at the cross. Why? Because he loves you. So this is how you avoid the wrath of God. You run and you take the mark of the Savior, 777. <laughs> and the smoke of their torment, those who go the other direction and take the mark of the beast, goes up for how long? Forever and ever. You might want to write down Isaiah 34, 9 and 10. Some of the imagery comes from um, this idea of um, Isaiah 34, Sodom and Gomorrah imagery there. They have no rest who take this mark. They can't rest middle of 11 day and night. They have no rest, those who worship the beast in his image. And whoever receives the mark of his name have no rest. No rest. They think that they're taking the easy way out, but it's not the easy way out. They have no rest. Those who reject Jesus Christ, sadly, this is a picture of them. They have no rest, no true rest. Now, here is the perseverance, the patient endurance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. This situation, NIV, calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. The church is going to have to hang in there, especially if we go through uh, trouble, great tribulation. And I heard a voice from heaven 13 saying, right, blessed, that's the word makarios, it's joyful, blissful, 
speaks of fulfillment, satisfaction. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. The Holy Spirit adds yes, that they may rest from their labors. Now, the church, even if they're martyred, they rest. But the world, in verse 12, doesn't rest. For their deeds follow them. It may be a message here that even if Christians have to pay the ultimate price, they will rest in the presence of the Lord. Blessed are Blessed or living are the dead. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, he will what? He will live. Death is not the end. Don't fear him who can kill your body. And after that, he has no power over you. Jesus said, you have a soul. You have a soul that's going to live on. So don't fear the things that they fear. And I looked and behold, a white cloud, 14, and sitting on the cloud was one like a son of man. Probably a description of Jesus from Daniel 7, 13. Having a golden crown, a diadema on his head, and he had a sharp sickle in his hand. The sickle is used for cutting stalks of grain. So sometimes you, you see someone with a, a sickle or something like a machete, you know, doing the, the cutting through the jungle. That's kind of what the idea here is. So he's got, he's on this white cloud. He's got the crown. He looks like Jesus the king, and he's got a sickle in his hand. And he's getting ready to read. You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part two of his teaching in Revelation chapter 14 about the harvest. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment, but I'd like to remind you that Walk in Truth is a program supported by our faithful listeners and church members. And we can use a little help from you as well. We're hoping to broadcast Walk in Truth on more stations across the nation so we can help more people like you learn from the Bible on their daily commute, to provide them with understandable teachings of each book during their busy day. But we need more funds to make that possible. If you can give a one-time gift, thank you. If you would consider walking together with us on this mission, a monthly commitment of at least $5 does go a long way. Would you be able to make that commitment? As a thank you, we'll send you a gift for becoming a monthly partner. To give online, Visit walkintruth.com and click on the Donate button at the top. That's walkintruth.com. If you would like to mail in your donation, please make your check or money order out to Walk in Truth. And our mailing address is Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Thank you for your partnership in this mission to reach out with God's Word. Now, here's Pastor Michael. You know, the book of Revelation is a revelation about Jesus Christ and a revelation about what is coming to this world. And it's good motivation both to preach the gospel. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, get saved. Because you don't want to face the wrath of God. And one thing that you and I need to remind ourselves of, or maybe understand for the first time, is that at the cross, Jesus Christ took the wrath of God for you. That's why there were cataclysmic signs of judgment when he was dying on the cross. Remember, the sky grew dark at noontime. Remember, there was a radical earthquake, which speaks of divine visitation. God was visiting his judgment on his son instead of you. And if you're in the son, if you're in Christ, judgment does not belong to you because it was paid for in full at the cross. Let me just plead with you, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, make him your Savior today. Ask him to save you. 
because Jesus does save from the wrath to come. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, friend, you're invited to our Wednesday night service as we continue to work our way through the book of Job, the problem of evil, and the power of the gospel. You know, many times when you hear the book of Job taught, you hear the first couple of chapters, and then it's a fast forward to the end of the book to hear the end of the story, which is great. But the content in between is Job and his friends or so-called comforters wrestling with the problem of evil, asking deep questions, and Job's friends missing the mark on really every occasion, and Job asking some deep questions about God and how God works. And this is the content that we've been going through on Wednesday nights. So if you'd like to know more, you'd like to get into a good, deep study on the book of Job, you're invited to come on out Wednesday nights at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. We begin at 7 p.m. You can get information and directions when you download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Look for that red logo with the pillars. You'll get all the information you need. In fact, you can listen to some of the past teaching and get up to speed on the book of Job and much, much more. So we invite you out, Living Truth in the City of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor, 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights, 1009 Arsenal Way, right off the 91 in Corona. Download that Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store today and come on out and worship with us. Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation 14, The Harvest. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.